Hey, hey, come on, let's talk this out. Hey, everybody. What's up? A little early there. But I'm going to wait for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Just start over. But no, no. Uh, welcome to the gray area. It's Christian. Uh, Will right here. Jackson. But, um, yeah, I mean, not too much of a plan for this podcast. We were actually just talking about um, Jackson's recent election. He's been elected as president of Black Student Union at our high school. And um, just kind of ideas and processes. You want to tell us a little bit about what your idea is for all that stuff? Yeah, so were you, first I got to ask, were you elected or were you, like, named by Frankie? Elected. Nice, yeah. nice. Congratulations. Yeah, you had to actually run. Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, I'm not sure if anyone else was on the ballot. So, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's to be fair, but hey. uh, uh, I'm I'm glad to honestly have this opportunity because mm-hmm. this is something I'm passionate about. So, I mean, it's really tough, too, because it's hard to get um, a lot of kids to put themselves out there. And the only reason I didn't run for something like president or vice president is because I don't even know. Well, high school I'll be attending, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, like, I I always thought Christian's got to be my vice on this because he's he literally at any time when we have an idea with this, I'm like, okay, I need to call Christian and see what he thinks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and Will's running. We're going into our senior year. Will's running his film club. I was there for the first year. Yeah, when Miss Chance got... would kick us out early. <laughs> she still does that. Yeah, okay. I got I got film club and I am on the senior class council. That's right. With mm-hmm. role, again? I am the secretary. Okay. And okay. I think, what else am I on? I think that might be it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I I have influence. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm a powerful mm-hmm. man on campus. Everybody knows. Yeah, I, I think you're particularly known just for your sort of dry humor. That's where everybody realizes. Oh, yeah. okay, this guy's all right. Yeah. But um, and speaking of like council and stuff like that, you were talking about council members and stuff, Jackson. Yeah. So if you want me right now, I can just do a you know quick advertisement. Please, anyone just who is listening, make it quick. BSU. Not it's not just for black people. Contrary <laughs> to the name, guys. Not just gonna go like, oh god. Yeah, that's but, the tough uh, thing. Um, because yeah. uh, BSU got some pushback. I had heard when they were first introduced. But it's funny because um, a friend of ours who is the current president of BSU, Frankie, like she's had so much issues with the school. I don't know if you guys saw, but yeah. on her post. So she just had this like pink tank top or whatever. And she said within an hour, a uh, security guard asked if she had been dress coded. And she quoted her response to be, um, why am, am I that sexy? And she's like, <laughs> that's, that's bold, but like for real, that's a grunt. He walked up to that her is, and he's like, You've been just coded. Quintessential Frankie. Yeah. No, no, I, if you were to ask me, like, whose mouth did that come from immediately? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, you got to be bold for that, especially. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know, bro. And I'm sure he backed off, like, that's awkward because then he's probably thinking, like, well, I mean, in reality, that's what he thought. He thought, Oh, that's too attractive. That's exactly what dress coding is. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's you look too good in that. Mm-hmm. That's like it's such a, an issue. Yeah, th- that means they can easily take themselves back to 
um, a kid's mind look at her and say, yeah, that's that would turn me on. Yeah. And it's like, hold on a second. No, yeah, no, no. It's like, you don't have to be minimum wage Harvey Weinstein over here. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> that's attractive. I need to take you off the thing. You know? Yeah, minimum wage, too. It's just, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah I always wondered, like, like I mean, more more power to them for being so dedicated to their jobs. But like the security guards, the substitute teachers, man, why do you care? I don't You're know if you guys remember fourteen the... bucks an hour tops yeah. to to make kids' lives harder. Like, go easy on know, us, man. If you guys remember that one security guard, um, he was loud, and people had a lot of complaints about him getting kids in trouble for like almost nothing. Yeah, and so kids would constantly um, they would go up to office and challenge it, or like try to report him and stuff. I remember one day I was in the library. I was in JRTC and so I was there early in the morning and um I heard him like he was like borderline crying to the librarian about like how these kids give him such a hard time and stuff and and he tries and everything and he's just gonna have to leave like and because uh-huh. people are trying to get him fired and stuff and then I never saw him again yeah. poor guy dude I, mean, I don't yeah he, I feel he really bad was whack. he was weird but like students are students are mean yeah, yeah. it's it's these people don't you need a living wage. They deserve a living wage to do this. Oh, things. absolutely. It's it's funny to think people compare schools to prisons because kids are a lot like prisoners. Once a guard slips up, every kid's going to challenge that guard. Oh, whether yeah. it be a security guard or a prison guard, they're the same thing in their eyes. It's just crazy. Yeah, that no, that should not be how it's set up. Yeah, no, it's 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 crazy man it like i did so for the senior pranks because i know you guys aren't in person but senior pranks were a very hot issue today today was the last day for the seniors Uh oh Oh, i saw like a toilet paper something out in the parking lot. i didn't see anything about toilet paper but there was a line to get into the school because the security guards were checking every person individually um to make sure that they didn't have any prank material Oh um gosh. like they so even school, checked freshmen evidently i mean they they were like i think it was mostly seniors that they were checking mm-hmm. but like freshmen were held up you know they were not letting you in if you had something suspicious looking and uh the school's official stance i learned on senior pranks is they're okay they're not encouraged but they're okay as long as they aren't destructive or dangerous which makes sense i mean you know, they want to preserve that mm-hmm. tradition, but destructive is a very subjective term. Yeah, I think right. that and the security guards consider the paper throws destructive. Those are the, the only fun ones. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> you just, break something and leave and don't get caught because you're still a kid. But I mean, it, it is extra. Like, that really shouldn't be a tradition to break things and everything. Yeah. No, I'm with you. But like, the so the paper throw, you know, when all the seniors line up on the balcony and they throw all their papers, it symbolizes, you know, we're done, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was deemed destructive because of how much trash there is. What? Like, that's not destructive at all. No, that's just a hassle. Yeah. They're like, the, there was one year where they released crickets in the bathroom. <laughs> like, I think that's a pretty good prank, you know? It, nobody gets hurt. Nothing is destroyed. It's just no. funny. Um, yeah, mean, so there was a lot of debate and even some stuff the uh you know that picture of miss kelly do- throwing up a gang sign in a do-rag uh-uh. you guys have seen uh-huh. that yeah no there's a picture of miss kelly the uh the lady who always tells you to put on your id in a do-rag uh-huh. throwing up someone told her it was a c for corona but that's not what the c is for <laughs> and yeah someone blew up that picture and said wanted gang member on it 
and posted it all around the school. <laughs> bro, that's is... like messed up. And of course, the do-rag, bro. That's why schools sometimes ban them for gang affiliation and bandanas and stuff. But it was it's so funny. But yeah, she was she was upset about it. Yeah. To say uh, the least. That's see for Corona. <laughs> I, somebody had to give her that do rag to put on, and she's like, "Yeah, oh, cool." And somebody had to take back their do rag and put it on later, knowing that it yeah. touched Miss Kelly's eighty-year-old head. Did you? Who? My my thoughts are just what ran through her mind when a kid says, "Oh yeah, just put the C up." By the way, pose for this picture with a do rag. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, this is a good idea. I guess that shows something pure. There's a sense of innocence still there. Yeah, there is a naivete. Yeah, ignorance is bliss. Uh But it's funny to think like those are the same people that have to, you know, they did a ton of decisions to make, and some of them do take their job real serious when they don't get paid more than the kids on campus. And those are also the people who had a problem with BSU. um, Yeah, I'm sure. Because honestly, I of course. You know me. I was in support of BSU as soon as I heard about it. I made it to mm-hmm. all the meetings I could, but I, I totally expected there to be a, a big fight with the student body and the administration and stuff like that. Just because any any time that black people want to get together and make their voices heard, somebody's exactly. got to have something it's, to say about it's, it. It's the classic, and I don't want to, I don't want to really accuse you know Tempe Union High School District on camera, but you know. That uh, they just take such a neutral stance that sometimes yeah. when we post something when we mention we mentioned Black Lives Matter once, mm-hmm. and you know, you know that's disencouraged and stuff. And it's, I get it; you have to stay neutral and whatever, and you don't want to deal with the Republican parents. I get it, but mm-hmm. you know, like, come on. So it's and it's I, honestly, Black Lives Matter shouldn't even be political at this no, point. That no. should just be a statement of fact. And see, the thing is, is. It's not even just Republican parents. It, it's mainly the white parents. That's the yeah. issue. And because they are of the older demographic, it makes it really hard to communicate with them. And um, it, yeah. when that happened, I think Jackson remembers me saying, um, you know, it's nice to be reminded who still controls our education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tempe uh, Union, actually, I'm pretty sure Tempe Union is is pretty liberal as far as school districts go like there's a lot of them like brophy the catholic schools like those are they are like yeah. no gay pda and stuff yeah um, yeah but they're yeah they're liberal in the sense though that like rich dude donates two thousand dollars to yeah. some tempe you know, union is more they are terrified of bad press and they're more they, worried about their image than they are worried about politics that's why right. when when they, you know, switched everyone to online and all the the conservative parents paid, you know, multiple thousands of dollars to get a billboard that said Tempe Union is failing our kids. And that worked. That got Tempe Union to bring everybody back in person because they're just that I mean, terrified of bad publicity. It doesn't even take a billboard. It's because it's money. It, yeah. It's, it's not even... It's, yeah, it's, they'll put, I mean, it's partially because nobody funds these schools with the shoestring budgets, so then the people who donate have all that more Oh, but our school gets funding. We, I can't, I've never been to a school with more middle-class white students, and the only reason why white is relevant is just because we're talking about things with Black Student Union, Mm -hmm. but overall, to a school with such a large 
upper middle class and high class population um it's it's even even wealth and poverty those are um, points of intersectionality and because when when people think of intersectionality they think of race gender sexuality but also includes things like Mm -hmm. poverty and demographic above yeah it's it's i mean partially i do agree because we we do obviously we're well a well-off school i'm not saying that we. oh for sure Mm. i'm just saying that when they have money that they can grab onto they're not in a necessarily in a position to where they go this and so it makes these people sometimes i think honestly compromise their morals for oh yeah for an a school board you know so that's just my opinion but i mean like, come on i was just disappointed yeah i'm honestly i'm not looking forward to becoming an adult and learning how much i have to compromise my morals you know, yeah. like if I do want to go into the political world, I know that I'm going to get I'm going to find out what be, being in the political world really means, you know, yeah, what like it really gonna, entails. Yeah. Like, you know, quid pro quo and like under the table dealings and stuff like I'll do I, what I, I really, can. But... I really can't see. Um, so politics and I feel like politics and actual social issues and stuff like that seem to be very different because a lot of times politics is just like superficial they'll put a little band-aid on it and then they handle their other stuff Mm. and so i really have just can't see the benefit in like picking a party type of thing and actually running for that stuff because um i mean the whole reason why there are subdivisions and a split and two-party system is because they want you to pick a side especially if you are trying to fight for something that doesn't even need a side it just needs a cause something like black lives matter like that shouldn't be a democratic thing yeah, if, if, if black lives matter yeah that and it shouldn't be political like we said so i don't know i just can't ever see myself running in politics to make a difference and i know people like jackson are very interested in that i i mean here's my view on it is number one there are plenty of nonpartisan things that you can run for and make a difference on the more local level so if that's mm-hmm looking for versus running on a party platform and i i agree the the two-party system is bad oh it's terrible it, it's there because not even because they want us to pick a side but because simply that these two places have money and they're already there so they're mm-hmm. not getting rid of them so they're already established when so when i want to you know fit in with the congressional black caucus and the progressional caucus isn't because i'm bedazzled by the democratic party it's mm-hmm. because when you become an essential voter block and when you become a, an essential part of making a difference in the machine, then when you essentially become the machine, you can make the machine a non-negative thing. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. Eventually. I think um, if the machine is <clears throat> it, it was built out of some material or whatever, I can't imagine you can consider a new, a new like, there's this whole, that one paradox or something like that. You replace a the piece of a boat. Theseus. Yeah, you replace yeah. A, a piece of a boat over years and years, and eventually every piece is replaced. Is it the same boat still? And it's like, well, yes and no. I don't know. It serves the same purpose this whole time. The only reason why it's still around is because it's doing what it was made to do. That's true. Yeah. In the end, it's just the, the, the whole goal is to float. Mm-hmm. The whole goal is to survive. So that is the end no matter what you do. But I I do think, like, Christian, you want to join the military, you know, and stuff like that. That's making a difference in itself is keeping our country safe. You know, no matter how 
you know, whether which war you want to fight or whatever, you're just keeping the country safe. You know, Will, I've heard you, you know, speak about journalism or what do you want to do, dude? Honestly, I'm pretty lost as far as that stuff goes. Like I'm, I do think that being in politics would be interesting. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like I could do a good job at that, but like, I also, I want to, I really want to go into the arts. I would love to be a writer, like a poet or an author. I love writing poetry. Um, And that stuff is made so hard to do. I would not, I would not even consider the military if we had a secure cushion from at least like 18 to 22. And um, if I could do what I liked and just be able to live, like all, I literally just want to not worry about finances. I don't want anything special. Oh, for sure. Like I, and think of it this way, you know, I, just yesterday and today i took my final i know how to find the volume of a solid of rotation using rectangular cross sections so that's great but i have no idea how to find a job or how to do my taxes (laughs) or how to use the use the laundry machine like teach teach me these things you know i will credit the school system um i've this year I've learned so much about taxes and stocks and investing so much so that I'm about to have like $2,000 total and all this stuff um, from classes like business marketing or in sixth grade and facts. I learned how to cook. Oh, and I took facts with um, or home ec, whatever with Jackson too. In seventh grade, you learn how to cook. So, but the thing is, is you have to actually go out of your way to do these. They make them mm-hmm. not seem like basic skills. The only basic skills they make, they make math seem like a basic skill. But math yeah. is done being a basic eighth grade. Well, I mean, and the, the whole thing is, is that this is possible because our schools are able to afford programs like this. Think about mm-hmm. school and afford family consumer sciences, or they don't have anyone qualified to teach economics. Imagine someone without an educational degree trying to teach you economics. <laughs> what does that do? You know what I mean? So it's not it's not even fair, like you were saying. Like I don't I've had to what what I've wanted to do with my life is either do politics, which can have a lot of money, but and meh, or be a teacher, which hmm. well Does not have a lot of money. Yeah. So I've just kind of had to think to myself, if I love it, it'll be okay. Yeah. It's like um, you know, I have I appreciate the ability to choose what I want to do. But do are we really getting to choose what we want to do? Or yeah. everything is just the illusion of free will, even life in itself. Yeah, you're just like, you're basically getting to choose what you don't want to do the least. It's know? it's a multiple choice test all the time. Yeah, and that's and it's sad. The... And I do think that we're like as a society, I think we're moving away from that now that not going to college is becoming more of a valid option like yeah. options like trade school are becoming more and more socially acceptable. I think that we're headed in the right direction, but, but like Christian, how you were saying like a financial cushion from 18 to 22, mm-hmm. as nice as that sounds, I don't think that's ever going to happen. What with, you know, people trying to cancel welfare, things like right. that, you know, um, like my part of my income is going to, to my welfare. You know, I would like to benefit from that personally. I don't want to just go see that spent on another tank for the military, mm-hmm. but you know, there's, there's for some reason, there's so many people that just want their money not to go to them. Right. Um, and even with the progress that we're making, 
Um, at the same time, it feels like we're going in circles because before education was this, um, you know, idolized thing and seemed so magnificent, magnificent, a lot of the working class resented education. And even personally, like um, my great grandparents on uh, my dad's side, they anybody who read books, just a waste of time, lazy, no good um, book reader and stuff. They didn't know how to work and everything. Mm-hmm. And then my grandpa got resentment from them because he was his his um, parents-in-law. And so now, you know, we're going back to that into a more accepting way. But then once again, we're coming full circle where this acceptance includes a big old group of these people who claim the title accepting and reject anything that they don't like, like instantly and a lack of critical thinking a lot of the time. And so it feels like we're just constantly going in circles and circles. I don't know, man. I don't know if I if I think that education will ever become out of style. I just think that I think it's more that not getting a higher education than high school is coming into style. You know, like I see what I, you I, mean. Yeah, I more of a choice. That, yeah, exactly. Like, like honestly, every day that I take these stupid ap classes i'm thinking trade school sounds like a better and better idea it's easy yeah dude you are it's and actually that's also one of my cushions because i got asthma and maybe i don't want to invest as much time into the military if i get in and stuff i could always just fall on a trade school have a guaranteed job oh for sure and And those jobs make money yeah they make more money than Actually, then, like, most jobs I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, I have a friend who, um, he was my manager at Freddy's. Now, if if you're listening, Andrew, I'm sorry, but Andrew is not the brightest, you know? Like, like he, he's my homie. He's he's super funny, and uh, he's, yeah, he's a good good friend. But, like, he he went to trade school, and now he, like, immediately out of trade school he had a job as an air conditioning repairman and he yeah he's set now like he has a career he's going to be able to support himself for the rest of his life and it took him i think three months in trade school arizona (laughs) i mean arizona is the perfect market i think for trade schools because ac yeah yeah air conditioning who do you see all these middle class people who do not want to do their yards in 112 degree heat? Mm-hmm. You know, like everyone, every one of those yard companies makes utter bank and construction companies because this is the fastest growing like cities in the country. So people not are for sure here. So construction companies just keep on building yard companies. I mean, yeah, and it seems like our AC breaks twice a summer. Yeah, uh, it's it makes like me realize to fix. It makes me realize thinking about all this too, um, is that it was really nobody's personal goal to go to college. People who like to learn do it on their own. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to go to college. We're just made to think this. And so um, it's perfect that for something like military, they make college free for you as long as you sign yourself away and become a temporary slave. <laughs> um, and sometimes that, that can be the best option if your pros and cons yeah. weigh out. Although I do have to be honest, I am looking forward to college and I do want to go, but not because I think it's the only place I can get educated because I think it's going to be a good, because I 
you know, as I said earlier, I really have no idea what I want to do or like what kind of person I want to be, what field I want to go into. So mm -hmm. I'm more looking forward to college as something I want to do is more of that kind of thing, like to meet people and try new things and stuff. Right. I you do, want, you yeah. want the experience. You want to be exactly. able to be young and it's all the, everything that's been idolized about it. Yeah. And I just, I really want to pay $120,000 to do the things I was going to do anyway. I think that's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so, it's so crazy. What, what, you know, what I think, like what you're saying and what, how you're saying that education is kind of going in circles is I think it's not even going in circles as it's being counteracted by social media algorithms that tell us exactly what we want to hear. And then you sit in an echo chamber with people that mm. you, and that's why so much critical thinking has gone out the window is mm -hmm. because Jeff Bezos wants an extra we know one million dollars it's it's yeah. as simple as that i mean imagine with all, all his money how hard would it be to get somebody to get this big old robot rolled out that targets these people perfectly and gets them to brainwash people over the course of 10 years how hard would it be with a few billion dollars yeah well, they, how hard to think about it like this he has so he has in the 200 billions right mm, something he like could that. give every person on earth 20 dollars and be fine and still have more money than anyone I know could even fathom having like that is just, you know, why <laughs> just begs the question, why don't you, or like, I don't need $20, yeah. give my $20 to, to someone who's dying in Africa or something. At that like point, that, you know? it's, it's strictly greed because there's no way they could possibly utilize well, that money. It's so crazy is what I was thinking. You know, when you're reading the great Gatsby, Oh my God, flashback to school. So, <laughs> It's the whole type of the American dream is that this dude is kind of like how Gatsby's chasing something that he's never going to get. And yeah. he, in his heart, he knows he's never going to get it. It's a dream but for a reason. It's a chaser. It's because people like Jeff Bezos are chasers. They simply, they just want the thrill. They like it. And they can't stop. It's like, mm. game, you know. And, and we're, we're wired. We're wired to chase. I mean... Um, oh, for sure. and and we're not dogs but like even dogs if there's a tree sitting on the floor and there's one in a puzzle they would rather go through the puzzle because working at it and earning it is way more satisfactory and so once you get that then you want the tie and that's why yeah, we and get addic addicted to things like drugs the, the common misconception is that the american dream is like a game of i don't know candy land where mm -hmm there's there's an end like a you know at one point you make it and you're done but that's it's more it's really more like monopoly i think monopoly is the best indicator of the american dream because you're going around in circles just trying to get more money have you ever finished a game of monopoly no look look me straight in the eyes and tell me you have played <laughs> tell me you know how the game of monopoly even ends because i don't Dude, i think no. it's like when the other person just has no money but that doesn't happen uh, like it's it's really it's quite literally just a circle where you try to make more money so you can make money quicker. Like, but it's funny that that's like indicative of something kind of I don't know. It's like some type of symbol. Somebody's gonna win is once somebody else runs out of everything. Yeah. No. It, and that's it's a game. It's it's kind of a game of attrition, you know, in that you have to outlast your your opponent. Mm -hmm. But it's also about like complete domination if you like ain't if, first if you're it last. were yeah if it were bezos yeah. versus elon in this this you know real life game of monopoly jeff bezos would win when elon musk had nothing 
So he would stop at nothing to, to get rid of, to take all of Elon Musk's money, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that kind of, I, I highly doubt that Hasbro meant for this to be a, a synecdoche of real life um, yeah. capitalistic tendencies, but yeah. <laughs> it's kind of indicative of how, um, you know, that's another symbolist in The Great Gatsby, too, is how capitalism tends to reward those who are already being rewarded right. and punish those who are already being punished. Like, it's an people, exponential curve either way. People even... are proud when they say America is a, is a business, but it has real people in it, not just yeah. dollars. Yeah. I, I'm so that's why I'm so baffled by people who would rather lessen the power of the government and give more, you know, you know, quote unquote, unregulated business. Who would you rather have running the country? People whose sole goal is profit or at least people who actually care about the country. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like, it's just that. Yeah, no, it's the, the idea of business. I wish we had the, I wish oh, we had the choice of who we could do business with. If I don't want to do business with the government, then let me have zero involvement with them. If I want zero involvement with um, anybody, I better have that choice, um, whether it's on the multiple choice answers or not. And that's the issue. Is it's kind of like they trap people in a corner. Mm-hmm. And with the business, if everything is for profit, that's going to cost somebody something. Someone comes at a loss. Exactly. And why we need a safety net. That's, that's the whole reason is why people are pushing all this reform. Is because how can you be the greatest country on earth when you have some of the worst poverty in the world as well and you and you don't take care of your citizens that's how is that what is that you're a hypocrite mm-hmm. yeah nationalism especially in america but just in general doesn't make any sense to me like i i feel like i mean maybe i've talked about this before but i feel like i don't really have any special connection to america i was just born here if I could have chosen to have been born anywhere, I wouldn't want to be born in America any more or less than in Canada or England any, or something like that. If you notice any nationalistic country so suffered from it in some way. Nationalism oh, either was what, what kept them blind or it was what drove them to try to extinct some other group of people. Yeah. And, and I mean, uh, obviously it's harmful, but I just don't even understand like on an individual level where people get it from like what what about america is so enticing to the the trust fund kid Mm -hmm. who's not gonna have to work a day in his life like america means nothing to him it's just the place where you live it's um it's like yeah his great grandfather made money in 1920 something and now he will never have to (laughs) A day in his life again. That makes sense, actually. From his shoes. It's like yeah. when people say America is number one. It's like it, number one in what? Because nothing good. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> oh, I forgot what it was that I saw, but you know, like number one in incarceration per capita or something like that. Oh, absolutely. And the list went on and on. It's by far like, number one in police killings and mass shootings. Like those are those are common, commonly known. Yeah. And but, now we're not saying that America is a horrible country, but it could be better. It could be much better than. No, it I don't. I don't even want to give it that ease. There's no point in backing off and saying it's not bad. What makes it bad is what they, what people say it is. What people try to, okay, to yeah, yeah, label the American dream as. And the issue is, um, too often they uh, get people comfortable to where they start to back off on the criticism mm-hmm. or or give credit. But it's like, no, nah, you give yourself enough credit. Let me criticize you now. No, 
that they shouldn't hear the criticism. Everyone should hear the criticism. I'm just saying we're not stupid. We're not saying that America. Yeah, America is a developed country. I mean, there's a lot of places in the world like, um, like I really wanted to live in Jamaica when I started getting into reggae, um, and then you know I found out that they like, but you know, we, their water isn't safe to drink. Right, we can, they don't. Why? Why are we so developed? What yes. What are we based off of? We're based off of stealing, gathering people. That's actually that's a really work. good point. Literally, literally, there's nothing. The whole basis of America was not good, and that's not to say that I don't enjoy the privileges I've gained. But I would much rather us just be where we would have ended up without anybody exporting and importing us. And that goes for even Will's ancestors, too, because they got they were like, oh, let's go on a boat and hope for some dream or something mm-hmm. and had to start bottom up. Mm-hmm. I actually, actually don't know where my ancestors came from. I want to say that, like Norway or something. A topic. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I think white white people should really be interested in their ethnicity because. Too often people get caught up in race, and it's like, bro, you got a culture in your in your yeah. heritage. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, all this stuff in Western Europe, the history is fascinating. So yeah, I mean, check it out. But I think that's something we should do on this podcast is we could all, if it's affordable, get a DNA test. I know Christian, you've already done it. I need. Oh, I have one in my closet right now. I just haven't taken it yet. Oh, <laughs> bro, because I'm I'm, not, I'm still hesitant about the government having my DNA. You know, they already got it when you were a baby. Yeah, when you're at the doctors, yeah, man. If they wanted know. it from you, they would have had it already. Will, do you have Medicare? Medicare, you have Medicare, Social Security. So they and you got a phone, so they know everything about. Yeah, it. I have a phone, but like, I, I heard somewhere that you know if if you commit a crime and they don't, they've never taken your DNA before at the police precinct, then they, they don't have yours on file. So they can't find it as a match unless you have done one of those DNA tests. Like that is the Mm. thing that incriminates the most people is their DNA being available on the internet to be matched to, to crime scenes. Like that's, that's a thing. A felony sometime in the near future. Yeah. Whoa. We hey. <laughs> hey. We're not recording, right? We're. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're on tape. But um, it's super interesting too with the DNA test because it was like telling me because I have a grandpa who knows like all about the history or whatever, and it was telling me the exact group of people that match up exactly with the story, and there's like like a list of twenty different uh like groups or subdivisions or whatever of African Americans because normally people think oh black people are just black people in America whatever they're all the same but they can tell from genetics if you are from South Carolina you're the Gullah Geechee or if you're from uh, Louisiana Texas Arkansas area and stuff like that um, and it's like like bro all just from patterns like, I saw I saw that Christian showed me this and I was blown away at the specific specific yeah that's fascinating it's so uh, on that subject do you guys think that there is a white American culture? Because I've seen a lot of debate about that. Like, do you think that that's something that exists? No. Okay. And I've I've thought about this. Um, it was like a few days ago. There is no white culture and there's no black culture because any African in America, any African is black, right? But they don't share the same culture as an African American. Mm-hmm. And so that's the difference. So there's African American culture, but even that in that there's different kinds of culture. So no black culture, no white culture, but white people do have ethnicities that do have culture. They yeah. do not have culture. 
That's and then, an interesting take. Yeah, I also hear people say that, um, like, an argument about whether America has a culture or not. I mean, we we do. There's no way to. It's a group yeah, of people. Yeah, I think that America definitely does have a culture. I mean, jazz. What is what is jazz if not right? The prime we example got, of American uh, culture: jazz, guns, and obesity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so crazy. I think that as America, we all do have we do have an American culture, you know, quote unquote, I use that very loosely, but there's no like white culture because white people mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's no white American culture. It's just a set of trends that a lot mm-hmm. of people borrowed from African-Americans. It's like, there's no black culture. No. It, mistake black experience for black culture. Dude, even the trends um, based off of African-Americans is, it's insane. Uh, if you just scroll through, take, think about it. Uh, like, for one example, you have the F boy face where you bite your lips and squint your eyes. That was called the light skin face. Or you have the ice in my veins um, thing that people have been doing. But that's from black people on the basketball court. I think it was, um, I think the guy's name was like Leangelo or something. I don't know. Jello, though, in NBA. Um, not, not ball, though, not Jello ball. But anyway, like every single trend nearly depends on them. Um, is of like the comedic center point for example dr umar he made his way across tiktok um something to laugh at the the funniest guy is typically the black guy if you ever noticed in mm-hmm. a group um and it's both that sense because uh, you know a lot of people haven't been exposed to a bunch of black people so everything is it's just funny you're not it's new to you and so it's like okay but it still represents something well a then, more negative. then the then the question begs or actually answers itself. Black culture is objectively through design American culture is mm-hmm. because most of what everything has borrowed is our culture. So therefore, African mm-hmm. are in some ways the most modern Americans of the entire group. Right. The entire entirety of modern American pop culture is based off of something that oh absolutely Mm. yeah Yeah, in in america so black and african-american are used pretty colloquially like we interchange them in uh conversation Mm -hmm. and so black culture in that colloquial sense is african-american culture yes it exists but black culture as the race Mm -hmm. a race doesn't really share a culture they may share an experience yeah and i think that's that's something that what jackson was talking about like america was built you know from the get-go was built on you know the the labor of black people so for our our current culture to be built on the creativity of black people is not only in line it's almost predictable you know Mm -hmm. and it, it feels uh i you know not not to get all white guilt on you because i know that's not something anybody wants to hear but it it almost feels wrong it does absolutely it does the fact that you know when i when i think of a popular rapper probably african-american i think of their fans as white people that's not right dmx had overwhelmingly large white actually the only people i've heard that like came up and talked to me about DMX or was was listening to it, was somebody white. I was really sad about DMX actually. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was crazy, but um I mean he also portrayed something stereotypical mm-hmm. um that a lot of white people could get behind cuz like I think of like like 
Lil Uzi Vert. Like his fan base, I think of as, you know, the guys who run a hip hop Instagram page and stuff. Those guys, mm-hmm. overwhelmingly Caucasian, you know, like or the, the people really? with the hip hop Twitter accounts. Yeah. Overwhelmingly most, um, white. Most Uzi Vert, Lil Uzi Vert fans I've come across have been black. Um, but see, I think that's also another sense of familiarity there, or however you say it, um, or predictability in the sense like, He's also kind of alt, like alternative. Mm-hmm. And so a lot like that isn't bound to race. A lot of white kids can clean yeah, on or to just, that. Just the fact that um, rap is now the most popular genre of yep. music. I think ever since 2017, rap is entirely fused with, oh, with the black experience in I've, America. I've been 100%. saying this. The, the main way, it seems, for black people to make it in this country is to entertain the white man. Because who owns their record labels? Who Think owns their basketball that. or football team? Exactly. Who owns, it's, there's no... Definitely. I mean, the only black person to own a basketball team is Michael Jordan. Yeah, Jay-Z also. Oh, Jay-Z, Jay-Z might, but Michael Jordan's oh, the only oh, one and that I know of. Drake owns the Raptors, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah or he's yeah. a big shareholder. But those why, are also why people... Have, why do we have a Canadian team? I don't know. But why? these are also all people who made their fortune entertaining entertaining yeah yeah all of them okay so i mean there's still some validity in my ignorance um is they all still had to entertain to get there and that's kind of sad you know on the topic since we've talked about the american dream and now jay-z i think that jay-z is the quintessential i think he is hip-hop incarnate but he is also america incarnate i think he started He started, he was, you know, he was a kid. He sold drugs. He was a real drug dealer. And he now is one of, not only one of the smartest businessmen, but one of the most successful ones in the, Mm. in the country. And he's still, he, I think is the only rapper who has had tremendous success now in, in three decades. I, I mean, he's still famous as hell in the fourth of his career. Um, you know, he, if I had to choose one person to exemplify the American dream, it would be Jay-Z. It seems like he's the only rich man who is rich through purely his own action. Have you listened to, um, Drake Cole's new album? Not yet. It's always interesting. Um, I haven't listened to it all either, but it is interesting to think like a lot of them are conscious that their only way up has been to entertain, Mm -hmm. um, we can't hold them to the obligation of living a certain way. But while all these people acknowledge it, they have yet to go back to the black community um, or do things like LeBron has, for example. And a lot of rappers have done things for communities. Oh, absolutely. It, it's it's strange because it's another example of almost being forced in a corner. You have your multiple choice options. And if you want success, you're going to have to be around the successful people. Mm-hmm. And who are those mainly going to be? The white people who you're going to have to appease so that they pay you get your record label going until you can own yeah so a lot of for a lot of artists it almost seems like if you want to help your community that has to be a goal you know mm-hmm. that has to be your your Candyland finish spot like akon you know how he's creating yeah. that super futuristic yeah. city in africa allegedly i'm still i'm a he little gave, skeptical he gave of the that whole city happening. electricity yeah that. yeah that is awesome that's true but mm-hmm. like his akon city his super futuristic city i wouldn't be surprised if <laughs> yeah. that falls apart that's but it. like 
it seems like people have you're required to make money you have to play the game you have to be part of the mm-hmm. system before you can start to change it and fix it well, what's so crazy to me is if you really think about it in order to succeed you have to act like a businessman now what is acting like a businessman that means you're cold that means you're calculating sociopathy killing through mm-hmm. somebody over now that if that is the american dream that is a nightmare because I want to live my life being compassionate towards others. Being compassionate should make you succeed. See, and people oh, talk sure. about, about human nature this, human nature that. But if nobody had to worry about coming up, then greed would be greedy would be focusing on yourself to be happy and not making the community happy. That's what greed would be. If everyone had the food they needed, the money they needed, or if money was gone and just everything was afforded to you, it would then be incentivized to just be a good person and help your family out. It would be um in human nature to do this or that because humans are adaptable and um you know kind of sort of uh, i can't think of the word but they act in the way that's going to benefit them the most and if being kind to others benefits them that's what they're going to do well it's yeah that discompassionateness i don't know if that's a word but you know how jackson was talking about you you compassion isn't the way to the top it's you know a lack of compassion and i think the the problem, the underlying problem is that that lack of compassion is the only way you can get to the top. Yes. Like compassion is almost, if you're a businessman, compassion will be your downfall. Mm-hmm. Same with compassion, compassion entails sacrifice and love and time. But mm-hmm. if you're a businessman, you're doing things as fast as possible. You're thinking about it. You, you don't want to think about it at all. Everything is just efficient. Yeah, you got to be purely utilitarian. You have mm-hmm. to, you know, your your workers are important to you solely because if one of them dies that's one more worker you have to hire and that is not human being that human, is absolutely inhuman being human is the most inefficient thing because sometimes we cry to be happy sometimes yeah. we hate things so we learn to love them that is not efficient but that's who, what we are like we are not supposed to be robots and the same people who comp- uh, complain about robots taking our job don't realize that the businessman who owns you is a robot himself Mm-hmm. And now I got a question for you guys. Do you think that, and this is a deep one, but do you think that humans' goal, those who are ambitious, that their goal is absolute power? Or is it really just to be remembered after you're dead? Or do you think that being remembered after you're dead translates to power? What do you guys think? I think on your way to the only reason why we ever become so powerful that we have money we can't spend is for image at that point it's just about what others think because if, if it doesn't benefit you then the only thing that's going to benefit you is seeing other people watch you and so i think what happens is first people start with an innocent goal let's say a lot of the biden probably started with the most innocent goal i'm not saying he's in like definitely corrupt but i'm just mentioning a politician um he probably went in with the most innocent goal and then works his way up you stumble across where you're going to have to sacrifice. Somebody tells you, hey, you're going to have to be a businessman and um, you're going to have to make this executive decision. Otherwise, you're not going to make it and sacrifice them because you sacrifice yourself. You won't make it. It's like, OK, I'll do it. And you go. Yeah. And like you have think, this thing like Obama when he had to choose to uh, to drop the bombs on what could have been Osama bin Laden's hideout or could have been uh, just it, a normal it, it, house. Yeah, but what what I mean is like the the innocence and just search for a good life and help other people 
eventually comes at a cost so much that that same ship you've been replacing a piece with yeah. is now a different boat. And so it's yeah. like, that, yeah, that's where the paradox comes in. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think I will say this is that running a country, you have to have a mix of compassion, but you have to have some zeal. Cause like you were saying, people have to make decisions for the good of the country. They swear to defend the country, you know, foreign or domestic. They're not, you know, they're not here to protect citizens and, you know, wherever. And that's the unfortunate truth, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and think I think that, that we, the, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I just think that that's such a burden that to weigh. Cause sometimes I have sat there and be like, man, I would love to be president. But then I think it and I go, isn't that, that exactly what I should watch out for? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah and I think, you know, we've, we've used the metaphor of calling America a machine quite a few times. I've noticed, you know, um, mm-hmm. we've called politicians uh, gears in the machine, but I would like, I think that it's at least worth entertaining the thought of switching that America is a machine out for America is a show. You know, yeah. it seems like yeah. a lot of our, you know, beyond the fact that a lot of our successful celebrities are entertainers i think you know how you were talking about jeff bezos the only reason he has that much money the only fathomable reason is that he either doesn't know how he literally doesn't know how to get rid of it which he's a smart guy i'm sure that can't be true so it has to be for his image you it's know, like Gatsby. so much of our politics yeah exactly it's exactly we like see, Gatsby. so yeah, much part, of our politics are thrown yeah we fabricate um certain parts of our history maybe just don't mention them or something like that yeah like it almost seems like the the american dream is almost like our our slogan it's like our advertisement to potential immigrants from other countries like we are you know the american dream's job is to put on this show it's like a you know you go see a musical on broadway there's big lights everywhere in new york you know you've You've got all your actors who are doing a great job of upholding their, you know, their part of the system. But in reality, it's it's all fake. You know, there's well, really the nothing going season. on. Then the season finale, you get through the first couple of seasons. It's like if anyone's watched Game of Thrones, watch Game of Thrones. It's great. It's great. It's great. And then it sucks. <laughs> angry. And that's what happens. You yeah, know? it's um. people don't realize that I think the like quality of life index is like 13th or something like when it comes to happiness or something and um the show we put out you would you would mm-hmm. think oh we gotta have the best education we got harvard we got this and that um but nope i think we're like 20 20 something in that our our college and beyond education is pretty much number one our secondary and primary schooling the most important ones that people can actually afford. Yeah, the ones that are the ones yeah. that everybody takes for and the that's most part. Tricks the ultimate intellectual pow- power to only select few. Now, obviously, it's more accessible than it was, but it's still it's still a select. It's a bottleneck. It's a bottleneck choking the life out of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a pretty a pretty solid place to end on you know we're at our our normal time limit does anyone else have Mm -hmm. any last final thoughts they want to add i don't think so i think um overall any society or group of people is ultimately a machine but the problem is is when that machine lacks a consciousness yeah Mm -hmm. i uh i should say before we go um for bsu uh with everybody 
I'd like anyone, if you're just even slightly interested, to join. We like doing lots of discussion. I have a vision of doing more interviews. We've interviewed a police officer. I'd like to yeah, and I think members. Yeah, just to cut in, I I remember back when back when BSU first started, I had a lot of reservations about showing up because I was worried that I, you know, my voice wouldn't be welcome there. But you know, as a white person, but Jackson, the way that he explained it, did a really good job, and he said that the the operative word in black student unit isn't black, it's student. Um, so, you know, the, sometimes the best thing you can do instead of lending your voice is just lending your ears and learning because the more people who learn, the more people who are aware and therefore the more change we can make. I think that the, honestly, to me, the operative word is union, is that if you stand there, if you listen, and if you maybe once in a while give your opinion or something like that, nobody's getting their opinion shut out. You sit there in solidarity and mm -hmm. you're together and we make progress no matter how little. It's a, it's a safe space for anybody, but if you're black, feel especially free to vent about things that you normally might feel uncomfortable with. Christian has, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but you said specifically that it's a good place to vent and you know, oh, yeah. stuff like that. And so if you have frustrations, no matter what race you are, and you feel that something is wrong and you need to get it out, it's a safe space, but specifically, if you're black and you're at Corona Del have as many people to express your opinion, know that they know I know exactly how that feels. Mm -hmm. That's what BSU is. Is it but, people? Anyway, concluding our advertisements. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think it was a it's a lot to make you think. And um, yeah, just just to don't you know, digest keep, it too fast. Keep keep yourself critical of the the way your your country and your society and your economic system are, are really affecting everybody not just the people that you read about in the news yeah. and it's mm -hmm. not none of this was a hate rant it's to make you think it's to oh, make, of course you shouldn't hate anybody but you should question their motives always mm -hmm. eyes in the back of your head everyone no no conspiracy theory bs just mm -hmm. serious i don't hate america but I have eyes in the back of my head. Is how yeah, it comes from a place of love. Yeah, of love, but also of um, trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was just going to say like curiosity or just the fact that we want to know what's going on, you know, the, the way I think it's, it's a pretty natural human, uh, human instinct to, to question your surroundings mm -hmm. so when we stop doing that then we're kind of screwed we're just yep. you know to to return to the metaphor bring it full circle we're just a cog in the machine you know don't become complacent and exactly. be aware all right yeah. well i think that's all the final thoughts that was a gray area i'm christian i'm will oh. <laughs> i'm jackson and you're listening to the area. yeah, yeah. thanks See so much later. guys have a good one